Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. So I just got a message like a few minutes ago that, um, and you can tell me if I've got this right, that uh, Gail was in the hospital or drove to the hospital? Teresa? Jenna? Okay, yeah. And um, do we know what's wrong? Do we have any idea? Uh, it said that she was having, Trudy said she was having internal bleeding. Internal what? Bleeding. Oh, gosh, okay. All right. Am I on her? Okay. So let, let's just um, start by praying for Gail. Uh, Father God, we lift our sister up to you. Um, we ask you to come against whatever this is that is uh, causing this um, distress, Father God. We declare you the great physician. We ask you to guide, counsel, um, and lead um, the physicians, the uh, uh, x-ray techs, the lab techs, um, uh, whoever's pulling their blood, whatever the situation may be, Father God. We ask you to be front and center. We ask you to heal our sister. We ask you to uh, get her home and uh, cast out uh, everything that is not of your design, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, poor Gail. Um, I just seen her Tuesday and she looked so good. So this is kind of a surprise, kind of a shocker. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, intelligent design and four trains to Kansas. And I was going to call it weeds, but when I was doing my research for <laughs> pictorials, when I was doing my research for pictorials to um, put in my PowerPoint, um, there was nothing like really cool. So I had to change the name to get really cool pictures to go with everything. So those of you hoping to see Steve today, I'm sorry, Steve's not here. Um, he's a little under the weather, um, a lot under the weather. If you want a refund, then you can see Angie over at the desk and she'll, she'll take care of you. But uh, these circumstances today are kind of similar to something that happened many years ago. Um, David, uh, the founding pastor here, he had a heart attack. And he calls up and he says, uh, you're preaching Sunday and I don't want any discussion and I don't feel good. Goodbye. And I said, okay. And I said, wait, wait, wait. What do you want me to preach on? And he hung up on me. And so a minute later, my phone rings. And he's kind of mad. He's kind of angry at me. And he says, don't you ever allow people to tell you what to preach on. <laughs> <laughs> and if they want to tell you what to preach on, tell them to preach it themselves. You know? <laughs> yeah. So um, from that day forward, it's one of the reasons I don't share what I'm preaching on because I don't want the flesh to influence. I want to be strictly between the Holy Spirit. And irregardless how many times my wife asks me, what are you preaching on today, honey? What are you preaching on tomorrow? What are you preaching on? I don't tell her. I refuse to tell her. <laughs> you think I'm going to let that go? <laughs> I'm going to take four streams of information. And I'm going to, all of them are going to be different. And they're all going to come together. And just to simply illustrate this, um, 
I'm just going to use like geographical locations of um, places and states and just imagine a train traveling from that location to kind of the center of the United States, which would be like, let's just use Kansas, okay? Four different streams of information. At times you wonder, where is he going with this? But towards the end, this is all gonna come together, okay? So one of the main reasons why I changed the title is because of PowerPoint slides like this. But um, <laughs> the first train is leaving out of North Dakota. It's heading south to Kansas. And on that train are going to be sermons of the past, especially the last two weeks that um, everything just came together with these two sermons. And one was Linda's about vines and roots. And one was Fran's about remembering and resetting. And possibly, if I have time, tears. And that's what fills that train that's heading south. And does it, has anybody had plantar fasciitis of the foot? Oh yeah, gosh. nasty, nasty stuff. And uh, you can't sleep, it's hard to walk. Um, when other people are preaching and they want people to share, there's this other dreaded disease, it's called uh, planted in the chairitis. And it really doesn't matter what's going on. It's like the Holy Spirit's like right behind me, you know, pushing on my chair and he's got his feet dug into the carpet. And he's telling me to get up and say something. And it's, um, to make a long story short, I'm gonna ask you guys to share today. So please don't have your planted in the chairitis, okay? <laughs> Okay, there we go. All right. Second train. Stream of information. We're coming out of Laredo, Texas. We're going north to Kansas. It's intelligent design. And lately, a lot of people have been asking me to share about intelligent design and what I think intelligent design is. And I like to keep it short and simple and use four attributes of intelligent design. And first and foremost is the heart. It's the heart, it's heartbeat central. It's where everything happens. And we're told, I don't know how many times to protect our heart in the Bible, okay? When we go to war against the enemy, the armor of God, we're told to put on two pieces of armor first. What's the first one? Anybody know off the top of their head? Belt of truth. Belt of truth, and that's just to um, Make sure you're aware that the enemy is attacking, amongst other things. And what's the second one? Breastplate. Man, Kiki is on this. And what does a breastplate do? It protects the heart. It protects the heart. You're going to war with the enemy. Protect your heart. Now we're given one mouth. And the strength of that mouth is incredible. It can build people up. It can tear people down. And I have this illustration here that... I thought was perfect for this presentation. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So when I think of the the mouth or the tongue, I think of James one twenty six. If you if you claim to be religious, 
but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. Your religion is worthless. Now, depending on what version of the Bible you look into, you'll get 41 references to the tongue and like over 300 references to the words that you use. Kind of tells me it's important. But then you have your ears, and God gave you one heart, one mouth, but two ears. And I, I believe the purpose for that is because as much as you talk, you have to listen at least twice as much because you have two times as many ears as you have mouths. And then the last attribute of intelligent design is he gave us four limbs. Okay? And four limbs, I like to think of James, just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith without good works. If you're examining intelligent design, I like to think that as much as we talk, we listen twice as much, and our good works in the name of the Father are four times as much as we talk. It's just really simple. If you aren't following that design or that principle, odds are things are going to be slightly out of balance. And often, lately, when I hear people talking about how they're offended all the time, it seems to be like a major issue with everyone I talk to these days, and it's heartbreaking. But what I see is people claiming to pursue Father God's will in intelligent design. And they're doing these good works, but they're expecting something in return. And if you're expecting anything other than a blessing from Father God, there's a problem there, right? Your motives aren't right. If you're expecting notoriety, popularity, recognition, you know, a sign on the door, your name and lights, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, <laughs> there's a problem. Your motives aren't right. I've been on a couple of missions trips and led a couple of teams over the years. And most of them were good, some of them not so good. And I can remember one team in particular where at the end of the day, we'd go back to our base camp and we'd talk about our day and what we we're going to do the next day. And there were a group of people who were just upset and offended that the people in this orphanage weren't paying enough attention to them. They weren't thankful enough that they didn't praise them enough that uh, don't you realize how much money I spent to come fly here and see you and how much vacation I took? And the motives were all wrong. And it was heartbreaking to see. And it's crazy to think this, but the, the, the greatest part of that team, the greatest moment of that team is when I dropped them off at the air, uh, airport in Port-au-Prince and I seen the back of their heads walking up to the airport to go home. And that's unfortunate because motives mean everything. Motives can mean everything. This is where we're going to get, um, we're going to see who's got chariotis, plantar chariotis today. I'm going to show you two slides and we're going to do this little tiny exercise here. It's designed to make you think and possibly or potentially pray in a different way, okay? And this is a picture of Ukraine. Um, here's one picture right here of uh, a street in Ukraine, okay? 
and here's the second picture. All right. Now I want you to think about those two pictures for just a second. I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes, and I'm going to paint a picture. All right. All right. So everyone, close your eyes for a moment here. Work with me. That first picture you've seen, that was Eureka. That was Broadway. 101 North and South are, are blocked off. 299, 36 are blocked off. We have no supply chain. We have no gas. We have no electricity. Our shelves are empty. The banks are closed. We can't get money out of the banks. Our phones don't work. We have no way to charge them. There's no TV. There's no internet. Generous countries are offering to take us in as refugees. We don't know where we're going. All we know is that we have to pack one suitcase and we have to walk somewhere like the, the people in that second picture. Just imagine that's you and your kids and your grandkids. Okay, right? You can't take your animals. You have to leave if you want to live. Okay, open your eyes. Now, here's the interactive portion of this. I want you guys to tell me, if you can, what are the first three things you're going to put in that suitcase that you leave them with? What are the first three things? Underwear. I'm sorry. Oh, I just said I was going to say underwear too. Okay. Good <laughs> right. water. I'll put some water, yeah. Yeah. I take my laptop because it has all my family photos on it and my Bible. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Anybody else? What are you going to pack? My Bible. Bible. Nice. But I would. I don't know if I'd take this one or a small one. And a container. Anybody else? Come on, you guys have got to have some idea what you're going to grab. I'm going to get a water filter purification. <laughs> I wonder where you learned that from. Okay. All right. So we got lots of people with planetaritis. So second question, last question. You don't know where you're going until you get on the plane. What are your three primary concerns? Shelter and water. Shelter and water, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to be concerned about the language they speak? Oh, yeah. You're going to be concerned about where your next meal is coming from? Mm -hmm. You're going to be concerned about where you're going to be sleeping? You're going to be concerned about whether or not you're going to be separated from your kids? Your spouse? Anybody else? Boy, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't even think of that one. That's awesome. I want you to keep that information in the back of your head because we're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that in Kansas when that stream of information gets to Kansas. And I want you to, the things that you shared and the things that you didn't but thought of, I want you to remember that because we're coming back to that. OK? 
Okay. All right. The fourth train, the last train, is the fences of the flesh. And I just love this little balloon here. I'm offended by what you said. I'm offended that you're offended, and that's just offensive. Okay? That is a train that's leaving from the coast of North Carolina near Wilmington and is heading to Kansas, and it is full. I mean, it is the longest train in the history of mankind, and it is full of offenses of the flesh. They're tied onto the top of the train, they're coming out the windows, they're hanging onto the, the handrails, it's full. And it's on its way to Kansas, all right? And so my question is, what offends you? In this day and age where everyone is just offended at the simplest, minor, most minor things. Some people are even offended when they misunderstood the situation. And it's not something I want you to answer, but I just, I mean, if you're offended by the gas prices or inflation or your neighbor or COVID, I, I think there's a problem with that. I think there's a problem with that. Held offenses that you hold on to, that you carry with you, that you wrap around your heart, those held offenses, if they don't reflect Father's glory, if they don't reflect Father's glory, they're going to be just like that long vine that Linda had up here. And that vine's going to be wrapping around your heart, and it's going to be choking it, it's going to be hardening it. And just let me repeat that one more time, because if you go away with nothing today, I just want you to think about this. Hell offenses that do not reflect Father God's glory are like Linda's vine. Killing hardening your heart. And so we got to pr protect our heart. It's our most important attribute of what's going on. And speaking here is like a roller coaster, you know? Some people will say nice things. Some people will say it will be, you know, administered to them, or they'll say thank you, or and then some people will say not so nice things, you know? And it would be so easy to take that criticism and take it and hold on to it as an offense to the flesh. But I know if I carry that, and it's, it's not going to reflect God's glory, and it's going to harden my heart. And so it's a, it's a struggle. And I've been learning over the years how to deal with those offenses and how to encourage people to deal with those offenses. And it just seems to be like a, a, a service that's becoming more and more in demand, uh, you know, as everyone's offended at everything they, they have going on these days. If you're willing to take that offense of the flesh and you're willing to, where it is, if you're willing to take it over here and you're willing to set it at the cross and give it to Father God and you're willing to turn around and walk away from it, I can promise you God's going to do something beautiful with that something beautiful. You can't look back at it. You can't just take a peek. You can't, when when nobody's looking, you can't run and grab it. It's going to stay there. You can leave it there. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. Good. All right. Choose carefully what offends you. And like for the last couple months, 
God's been giving me these divine appointments with people who share their offenses. And quite honestly, it's heartbreaking. It's listening is, is heartbreaking. And so many people are either not in relationship with Father God or distancing themselves because of offenses to the heart. It could be a simple offense to the flesh. Somebody didn't say hi. It could be this pastor left, this pastor came. I don't have friends here. My friends who I went with, they don't go here anymore. Um, that idiot doesn't mask. That idiot does mask. Or that idiot has a, uh, a shot and that idiot doesn't. And I mean, the reasons are endless. It could be politics. It could be they're a liberal. There's a conservative. There's a someone in between and it's just backwards it's backwards because what i think what people miss is that relationship with father god it manifests fellowship it manifests christian fellowship you can't have it the other way around and if you're coming if you're coming here for uh, fellowship and you don't have that relationship you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be really disappointed. The relationship must come first. And faith-based fellowship is that byproduct. And offenses of the flesh, carrying those, will be just like that tree, choking out. If you really need fellowship, you know, join the gym. Go to Moose, go to Elks. It's a great place for fellowship. But when you invert those or turn those backwards, you have a problem. And I was thinking through this, I kept thinking about the book of Esther. Now, who knows the book of Esther? Just quick show of hands, not, okay, all right. So I love the book of Esther. And the more I study it, the more confused I get by the book of Esther, because you know, Esther's a queen, she's beautiful. And I didn't study this, and I have nothing other than hypothesis for this, but Esther may be, she may have had the shortest ministry in the Bible, I mean, for a short period of time. And I've always wondered, why isn't this the book of Mordecai, right? Because this dude's got it going on. He raises Esther. He teaches her. He guides her. He counsels her. And he's the one that, uh, that uh, they want to kill first and make an example of. Mordecai is a guy who has this long career with the king and relationship with the king in this position, this great position, for many years after the threat is, is exterminated. And so why isn't it the book of Mordecai? Does that make sense? Okay. And I, I, I don't know this. This is just strictly a guess, but sometimes I think the book of Esther is called the book of Esther because if your heart is right, if you're in relationship with God in the right way, with Father God, he's going to use you for great things. Even something as short a period of time as Esther. Okay? And wonderful things came from the book of Esther. And if your heart is tied up in offenses of the flesh, you aren't ever going to be able to hear Father God talking to you. 
you're going to have a 200 decibel punk rock band playing right next to you, and you're going to have Father God talking to you, and you're never going to hear a thing and until you get rid of those offenses of the flesh. It's not going to be a good thing. I have a testimony that I hope I never have to share. Um, turns out uh, I was uh, told that uh, the day was today. All right. Uh, my parents passed away a long time ago. Uh, I'm thinking like over a decade. And when they passed, my three brothers and I, we each were given a quarter share of their estate. And one of my brothers took the three brothers share and he kept it, okay? Pretty big offense of the flesh, wouldn't you think? Okay. And poor Teresa, that first year, I mean, boy, I was feeding that thing. I was fertilizing that, that vine around my heart. I was, uh, boy, I was doing everything to feed that thing. And it was choking me. It was choking me. And I went and um, I started praying about that offense of the flesh. And I started uh, listening, trying to listen really close. And Father God started talking to me. And he, and he asked me, he said, you know, what do you need that I haven't provided you with? And it almost felt like he was coming from a place of being insulted. You know, what do you need that I haven't provided? We are all so blessed here. We're blessed beyond recognition. Okay. And I thought about, and I thought, you know, um, I like to have my my um, 31 inch waist from my 20s, you know, as he pulls in his stomach. And um, I like to have uh, hair from my 20s and my ponytail. Um, <laughs> I like to have a 69 429 Mach 1 yes. uh, iridescent burgundy four speed if anyone's listening, you know. I mean, I like to have a beach house in New Zealand so when it's winter here, I could be there. But honestly, quite honestly, there really isn't anything that I, I need. God has met every need and everything else is wants. And so he promised me you prune and you pull those roots of that offense of the flesh, and I will turn it into something wonderful, something great. And it took a while. It took a while to finally give that up and, and pull that vine and prune it and find every last root. And cleansing myself of that has influenced so many things. It's influenced so many sermons. It's influence so many interactions this influence so many prayers and what was meant for harm and what was meant as a great offense to the flesh father god has turned into this beautiful blessing and i couldn't be more grateful and thankful for that we used to have this cat he was a persian his name is elias elias he was one of a kind. He was afraid he can't. He was afraid of his own shadow. But um, Elias had health problems all of his life. He's the most expensive cat in the history of mankind. Um, he had no teeth. He had one eye. He couldn't see out of the one he had. 
Um, he was diabetic. He needed shots like twice a day. Twice a day. Twice a day, every day. Um, and he was a hairball manufacturing machine. And you <laughs> didn't dare, you didn't dare get up without turning on the lights because you never knew you were going to step in. Now, he had this flat face and this little tiny tongue and he couldn't clean himself. And he would get all matted up. And it was, I mean, it, it drove him crazy. It was such a burden to him. And once, every once in a while, a couple times a year or so, Teresa would take him to the vet or to the groomer and they'd shave him and he'd have this beautiful little head with full hair and the rest of his body was shaved. And he was like just this tiny thing. And there was this transformation in Elias when he came home from the groomers. He was so happy. And we laughed so hard and shed so many tears laughing because he would be like the Fred Flintstone mobile where his feet would be going flying and he wouldn't be moving and he'd be power sliding around corners and, and he'd be drifting and he'd run in the room and look at you and turn around and fly out. He was just happy. He was just so happy for that period of time there. And I share that with you because that's exactly how it feels when you take an offense of the flesh and you take that vine that's choking and hardening your heart and you take that and you stop feeding it, you starve it, and you get every last root. That's how it feels. Okay. So I encourage you, I encourage you to look at your offenses of the flesh, the ones that you're carrying, the ones that harden your heart, the ones that aren't reflecting Father God's glory. Lay them at the foot of the cross, start them, prune them, get them out of there. There's a period of time, it's like 12 years ago, where um, I had what was called um, transient memory loss, and I was in the hospital for a couple of days, and my hands weren't doing what my mind was telling it to do. And um, does anybody know Gary Luke? Yes. The pastor? Okay. So Gary had come in and prayed. And um, I mean, he was, he was just incredible because he would pray for a whole ward with that voice of his, you know, at the same time. But he was loud and Gary would pray, not just for me, but he prayed for my wife and he prayed for the kids and he prayed for the guys that worked with. And, uh, you know, he covered so many things and, and it really got me thinking about the way I prayed. Okay. Um, you know, cause I, I I know I, I could tell when Teresa would come see me, there'd be this quiver in her hand and you could see the fear in her face. You know, I had the infinite wisdom to tell her that she's not collecting insurance money yet, so you can relax. And that was not the right thing to say at all. <laughs> you know, and Trisha came in and she was so angry and she was trembling and she says, you scared me. And Alyssa could barely even speak. She just sat there and trembled. And I realized, okay, my illness doesn't affect just me. What happened just didn't affect me. I mean, it affected my family and the guys at work. And so it forever changed the way I pray for the sick people who are going through something or going through trauma or dealing with something. And all this is going to come to fruition here at the end. Okay. So as you, as you move forward and we start to wrap this up, before you get offended, I want you to choose very carefully what you're offended by. 
when you prayed for Ukraine and Russia, and I'd hope to get a message from my friend who's trying to get out of St. Petersburg right now before this message here. The things that came to your mind when you were loading that suitcase or your concerns, rather than just praying for Ukraine or praying for Russia, pray for them like that was you. Take those thoughts that came to your head. What am I loading in my suitcase? What are my concerns about where I'm going? And when you pray for these people, pray like that. Consider praying like that. Okay. Now, there's things that I choose to be offended by. I choose to be offended by what's going on in Ukraine. I choose to be offended by what's going on with the people in Russia who oppose what's going on and are being arrested. I choose to be offended by what's going on in Haiti and how my, my friend and my brother struggles to raise money to pay 80, or feed 82 kids rice and beans every month. I choose to be offended by cancer and stroke and heart disease and malnutrition. I choose to be offended by dirty water and divided churches. I choose to be offended by porn in my grandkids' library and child abuse and elder abuse. And I choose to be offended by attacks on sobriety and the encouragement of addiction. And I choose to be offended by division in our country in our state, in our counties, in our cities. And I pray those are the things that offend you because when you are offended by those types of things, you're, you're reflecting Father God's glory, okay? When you're offended about things that do not reflect his glory, you're hardening your heart. Jerry, why don't you come on up? Bring your team up, please. And so to summarize, if what you hold on to does not reflect Father God's glory. You get starving. You got to pull that root. You got to get rid of it. If you feed that offense, it's going to live. If you starve it, it dies. If you allow that to happen with the enemy or flesh created for harm, Father God is going to turn it into something good. He's going to turn it into a blessing. And when you're done, when you're done with that season of pruning, Celebrate. Celebrate. Here, there, anywhere. It doesn't matter. Okay, Jerry. Thank you very much. Take us home. Can I read something? Yes. Thank you. I, yeah, I got it just before you, but it, before you preach, but it so fits right here. And it's um, Deuteronomy 26, and we'll start at 16. And, and you're talking about today. You know, today is the day of salvation, the Lord says. But they've gone through these festivals and celebrations, and God has taught them how, what he wants from them, how they can reflect his glory. And he says, the Lord your God is commanding you this day to follow these statutes and ordinances. Follow them carefully with all your heart and all your soul. Today, you have affirmed that the Lord is your God and that you will walk in his ways Keep his statutes, commands, and ordinances, and obey him. And today the Lord has affirmed that you are his own possession, as he promised you, that you are to keep all his commands, that he will elevate you to praise, fame, and glory above all the nations he has made, and that you will be a holy people to the Lord your God, as he has promised. Beautiful. Thank you. You know, when I was... Uh, authoring this Nehemiah 8 
where the people have left Babylon and they've come back to Jerusalem and they've built the wall and they're recommitting themselves or they're stepping away from their sin. They're announcing what they're doing. It's kind of a cleansing. It's a kind, it's kind of a removing of the vines. And they talk about reenacting the, um, is it the festival of shelters? But they, I, I believe it's a, it's a festival to acknowledge this cleansing that they've gone through this, this period of, of letting go of certain sins and returning back to Father God to, to relationship with Father God. And um, thank you, Linda, so much. Does anybody else have anything they want to share? Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.